Well, praise the Lord and welcome to my office here for our Romans Bible study on a beautiful sunny Monday morning here in Queen City, Texas. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Crossway Church, and glad you've tuned in whenever it is you've tuned in. I hope you'd get your Bibles and follow along with us, maybe take notes. Ask the Lord to give you that which you need today. We all desperately need a touch from the Lord. We desperately need to learn the, the truth of God's Word, and that's what these broadcasts are all about, not just uh, showing you what the Bible says, but uh, asking the Holy Spirit to show us how they pertain to the one who said the volume of the book is written of Him. Hallelujah. The Scriptures are concerning Him, the one who is the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary to become to us all that He is on a daily basis. Praise God. You can find all that we do on our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And I have a Spreaker uh, a channel. You can get the Spreaker app on your smartphone. And my channel is for those who have ears to hear. Hutchinson uh, YouTube channel. So uh, I encourage you to uh, stay with us, grab your Bibles, let's get into the Word of God. We're in chapter 13 of Romans, a very uh, skipped over, pushed aside uh, chapter, uh, place really in the Word of God uh, that you're not going to hear a lot about. It's not going to be taught on and, and preached uh, concerning this these things here because they're very touchy. Uh, and what I mean by touchy is uh, it means uh, what's written in chapter 13 of Romans is, is uh, if we're going to obey God's word, we're going to have to really trust the Lord and, and, and to, to, to have the Spirit of God to enable us by the grace of God to uh, live according to these truths written here for us. And the only way we can function according to Romans chapter 13 without bringing our own ideology, our own opinions, and our own uh, thoughts into the situation, inst instead of just believing God's Word and trusting God, we're, we're going to have to have the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the leading, the mind of the Lord in this. We're going to have to have our faith planted in the sacrifice of Christ because only through that legal work does the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, have the legal right to lead me in the truths of God's Word. Now, if my faith is in the cross, that's the well of my salvation. And if my faith is in the well of my salvation, then I will show forth from this fountain through me, the fountain of life that I'm attached to. Through obedience to God's Word. Hallelujah. Do you get that? But if I'm not tapped into the well of salvation, my faith in the cross of Christ alone, I won't be able to with joy draw out, withdraw out of that well the living waters that I need today. Christianity is not just a, a bunch of mental thought. Uh, Christianity is a following Christ 
And Christ said those that follow him must deny themselves, take up their cross every day, and follow him. In Luke chapter 14, he taught if you're not willing to take up your cross and follow him, you can't be his disciple. That means you can't follow and learn of him. Praise God. So today is part four of Romans chapter 13. Again, this is a part of the Bible that most do not touch on, and, and uh, there's no cookies to us for touching on it, but uh, I'm not a hireling, so I don't have to worry about getting fired. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't stand in the place among men and have to... Uh, I'm not trying to build anything. Just I'm, I, I, I'm trying to follow the Lord as He is the builder and... And then we just have to teach God's Word and let the people hear from God and choose whether they're going to follow the leading of the Lord or not. But we're going to begin today in verse 8 of Romans chapter 13. And this is, when, when you move from you know Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 that tell us, really the, give us the revelation of the cross, what really happened there, uh, that we died and that we were raised to newness of life and this is what your faith has to be in, uh, and, uh, that, that the Holy Spirit only works according to the law of being in Christ, which speaks of our faith in the cross of Christ at Calvary. Listen, we, we learn, once you learn that, then the rest of Romans is about you Really, the rest of Romans is a picture of what you will experience if you learned what was written in Romans 6, 7, and 8. If you're still making excuses as why you're not obeying or trying to change the Word of God into what you think it means or what you think it ought to be, then you didn't really learn Romans 6, 7, and 8. Amen. Somebody said amen. So, uh, here in Romans 13, God is telling his people that you must obey the governing authorities, the civil laws, because he says they're of him. Unless a law is making you sin, making you sin against God, you must obey that law. If that law says you can't pray anymore, well, you're going to keep praying because that is a, a law that would cause you to sin against your God. If, if, if the law, you know, tells you that you must do something that is a sin or not do something that would be a sin, then we're not obligated before God to carry out that civil governing authority of men. But anything that's not causing us to sin, then we have to obey that. Or the first portion of this chapter says... We're resisting the ordinances that are of God and we reap unto ourselves damnation. Judgment, really. And of course, the Bible teaches if you judge yourself, you wouldn't have to be judged. Well, how do I judge myself? Jesus taught in John 7, 24 that we're to make righteous judgment. All of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. So it's looking through and trusting in every day the gospel that allows us not only to learn what is written, 
but to have the very application of the Spirit of God of what is written into our own hearts. It's called obedience. I can't just choose to obey. I can choose to place, place my faith and keep my faith in the work of Christ at Calvary and the Holy Spirit now can guide me into all truth. That's equivalent with obedience. Amen. I become obedient in God's eyes if I'm trusting in the cross. But the manifestation of that being real is obedience to God's Word. Absolutely. Freedom, liberty, so peace, joy, so many things that flow from the work of Christ at Calvary, that's, again, that's the well of my salvation. Isaiah 12, 3 says that we with joy draw from the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and as long as we're tapped into that well, the work, the redemptive work of Christ in His death at the cross, then that well that we're tapped into is going to cause the living waters to flow in and through our lives. And that's going to be seen as we experience Christ, express Christ, and we obey the Lord. Jesus said, those that love me, obey me. Those that are not obeying me, they don't love me. That's what Jesus taught. Now see, that right there will rub the, the hair on the calf the wrong way in the lives and the hearts of those who do not have a heart after God, who are not really broken before Him and, and desire to follow Him no matter the cost. And there's many people today having to realize, apparently I didn't count the cost when I got into this message of the cross, when I began to go to this church preaching the message of the cross. Apparently I didn't quite get it because this is not what I'm really after. I, I got in because I saw how it was right and how it made everything else look foolish, but now the time has come when it's trying to be applied to my own heart to change me, and then at that moment I have to choose, am I going to continue to walk in this faith that will conform me into the image of Christ, or am I going to choose to begin to do with God's Word what my flesh wants to and try to live for God on my own terms. It won't work. In this 13th chapter, those who are carnal and fleshly aren't going for this. Only the brokenhearted with a willing mind are going to collapse under the mighty hand of God and allow the Holy Spirit to bring these things out. This 13th chapter will really invade even those of us who call ourselves the conservative Christians. While we blast the abominational, the, the things that are an abomination to God among the liberals and all the things especially that we're seeing today, we got to be very careful that that same spirit of lawlessness does not invade our heart. No, we're not in agreement with same-sex marriage. That's an abomination. No, we're not in agreement with uh, uh, murdering unborn innocent babies. That's murder. That's an abomination to God. That's evil sin. But at the same time, I hope we can say we're not pushing against God, 
when we read and see Romans chapter 13 that tells us we've got to obey the civil governing authorities or damnation judgment will be reaped unto our own selves. We've got to watch throwing rocks at what we want to admit is evil, but we, can, we better not be ignoring what we're struggling with. We better not be ignoring what God's Word is telling us to get lined up in because right now everything is narrowing down. You see it. You see it all over the world. It doesn't matter what area is you want to point out, things are narrowing down. There's coming a day very soon that even among the conservatives, those who are, stand for the morally right things, there's going to be a weeding out even in that group. And I'm talking about the difference between just being religious and having moral rights and being a Christian and our Christian duties out far outweighing our rights as an American, our rights as whatever. We've got the Word of God that's the light to our path. Hallelujah. Watch this now. He says in verse 8, Oh, man, oh no man anything. And he says that because he just told us what we do owe. We owe obedience to the laws of the civil governing authorities of God. Whether they're Christian or they're atheist, if they're in office, that, that's irrelevant. We're to obey the laws of the land. Now somebody better say amen. We're not to owe. We're not to be lacking and owing in obedience to the laws of the land. And, it, and we just learned also that we're to render to all their dues. That means taxes. We're to pay taxes. Christians are shouting amen, hallelujah, but saying, I don't believe in paying taxes. You don't believe in... This is an area that you've got a problem in. Your flesh is ruling and reigning. Because here we see, and maybe you didn't know it. Maybe you never heard this, but now you have. We are all told as God's people to pay taxes to the civil governing authorities. Go back and read it. It's all here. It's there. Don't just turn the page and keep going because, listen, even in a state of ignorance, our conscience, the Bible here tells us the reason we're to obey the laws of the land is because they're of God. Think about that. And if we're not obeying the laws of the land, our conscience cannot be clear before God. A Christian cannot have a clean conscience before God when there's sin unrepented of in their life. I'm going to say that again. A Christian cannot have a clear conscience before God when there's unrepented of sin in their life. And if there's sin there, child of God, you have the Spirit of God, you know when sin is there. We know when sin is there. And we're convicted of it. If we're a Christian, if we're a Christian, now the Lord's really pointing out to me lately, there is far more tares in within the, the, the walls of our church. There's far more tares among the wheat that if we actually knew it would cause us to have physical issues, if we knew how many tares were among the wheat 
thinking that just their good works are good enough and at least they're not as bad as them. And if they all, I'm not going to get into all that, but there are far more tares among the wheat. Listen, we can't just write it all off as carnal and fleshly. There's lots of carnality and fleshly flesh, burning flesh in the church, but there's a lots of lost people in the church that they're not being convicted by the Word of God. They're not being convicted. And if you're a child of God, you will be convicted if there is sin in your life. And if you're not convicted, you're not saved. And if you are saved and you're being convicted and you're throwing that conviction out the window because you feel that you ought to live according to what you say is right instead of the Word of God, you're on a dangerous path that's not going to end well for you. And the Bible here tells us to owe no man anything. And what he's talking about, don't owe taxes. Don't owe men. Don't owe any of these governing civil authorities your allegiance, your obedience to the law. I hope, I hope we're getting that. You can't, we can't change this into what we want it to be. It's plain to me, and it should be to all of us. Owe no man anything but to love one another. Love one another. Oh, how good we are at saying, well, I love them, but I'm not paying taxes. No, you're not. You don't love them. Love, 1 Corinthians 13, 6, does not rejoice in iniquity. And not obeying the word of God, my friend, is iniquity. Love, rather, 1 Corinthians 13, 6, write it down, go look at it after the broadcast. 1 Corinthians 13, 6, love rejoices in the truth. In the truth. Let's think about that. If we cannot obey the word of the Lord, we cannot love each other. We can say we love each other, but the Bible says, My little children, 1 John 3, 18, Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed, oh boy, in action and in truth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, this is, this is what the message of the cross can do if the focus of the messages, the focus of the ministry is Christ's redemptive work at Calvary, then if that's the focus, then when we study the Word of God, and we really don't like this part. we just be honest. We don't like this part until we grow and mature and see that God is trying to do something in our own lives. Through the, first of all, He's trying to bring order to the communities through civil government trying to keep order, trying to keep things safe. But he's also trying to bring a greater blessing upon us. He's trying to prevent us from operating in any kind of manner that would not be expressing him. You see, that is our main function, that it should be our main goal, that no matter what's going on, in whatever situation we find ourselves in, no matter how much we don't like it, our mission is not to, to start declaring what our rights are. Stephen didn't do that while being stoned. Jesus didn't do that while being crucified. Our mission is to express Christ. 
Our, let me say that again. Our mission in every situation is to express Christ, and that's what he goes on to say here. Owe no man anything. Don't be caught owing in these situations. Your obedience to the civil governing authorities, the laws, you're, you're paying taxes. That's what keeps all that going that God says is of Him. Think about Christians who say they don't believe in paying taxes. <clears throat> God says that's how the governing authorities that are of Him do what they do. Think about that. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves has fulfilled the law. But you're not loving folk because you tell them you love them. Oh, we got a bad problem with that. There's nothing wrong with telling each other we love each other. Oh, I love you and I appreciate you and all this. But that, listen, that doesn't count for nothing. That, that's a puff of air if it's not seen in deed and in truth. Mm. That's just a puff of air. That could have been anything said if it's not backed up with deeds in truth. That means obedience to the Word of God. Mm. He says, verse 9, because this, because of this, you not owing no man anything, you loving each other in deed and in truth. That means deeds according to the truth. He, he doesn't just start and change, change the subject here, my friend. This is, this is all tied to us learning that we are called as Christians to function among the people of the world. We're not of them, but we are among them. And we are to do what Romans 13 tells us to do. Or the Bible here is telling us we're not really operating in love. You can change that to mean whatever you think you want it to mean. But the Bible's not given to us so we can conform and change it and write a new translation when, when it's not going the way we think the Word ought to be going, but the Word of God's given to us. Jesus saved us. Yes, He accepted us the way we were as a lost sinner. He died for us. He became a friend to sinners. But then He begins to change us. He immediately begins to change us. And this is just a part of the test for the Christian to see if we will continue to follow Christ or have we hit a bump in the road? Have we come to a mountain that we say, well, uh, you know, I don't know about all this. Well, you will stay right there facing that mountain until your heart is broken and you're willing to submit under the mighty hand of God your life. He says, because of this, you shall not commit adultery. Because of what? If you love each other, if you're loving each other, you won't commit adultery. If you love each other, you won't kill. How can you kill somebody you love? This right here proves that love never kills. Well, I loved them, and, and you know, God told me to kill them, so I, no, son, the Bible here tells us if you're operating in love, you're not going to kill. If you're operating in love, if you love me, you're not going to steal my Whatever I got you thought you wanted. 
You're not going to steal. You're not going to tell a lie. You're not going to bear false witness against someone if you love them. See, do you see the picture? Love doesn't do these things. Love will not rejoice in iniquity, but only in the truth. Love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't hide out in sin. Oh, Love covers a multitude of sin. It doesn't hide out in sin. <clears throat> Love doesn't covet. And if there be any other commandment, <coughs> by the way, which you heard in the first few verses of Romans chapter 13, these are commandments. The, 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 God, let, let's get one thing straight, my brothers and sisters. The Word of God isn't given to us by the captain of our salvation. Jesus Christ has options. Pick and choose whichever one you'd like. And, and, and you know, and you, you can just go whichever way you want. That, no, no, no. I was a military guy in the Marine Corps, and your captain tells you which way you'll go, what you'll do, and how you'll do what you do. You don't get to choose any of it. Believe me, I was a Marine. I know they tell you which way to go, what you'll do on the way, and they even tell you how you're going to do what you're going to do. And when you alleviate from that and think you'll throw your two cents in, it's a mistake you don't want to have to go through. Just I'll say that. So love doesn't covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor could be anybody. Not just your brother or sister in Christ. Your neighbor isn't necessarily talking about that man next door, although it is. It's also talking about your brothers and sisters in Christ, but it's also talking about anybody and everybody. It's talking about these governing authorities. Mm. Watch now. Remember, subjects, different directions aren't being spoken about here. We've got to be careful when we open God's Word and think that, well, He's done changes. No, He hasn't changed the subject. He's just flowing here. If we're not willing to obey the laws of the land that God says are of Him, and if we don't, our conscience won't be clear. We'll be reaping damnation to ourselves. If we just throw that out, tear that page out, and then oh, get all lovey-dovey about the love part. Oh, hallelujah, God's love. Glory. We just need to love each other. You better be careful with all that, my friend. We do need to love each other. And if we are, we're going to see the fruit of that. If our faith is biblical faith, that means it's in the work of Christ at Calvary who gave himself because he loved us. Hallelujah. If our faith is in the cross, Galatians 5, 6 says that faith, that faith, biblical faith, Romans 12, 3, that measure of faith you've been given, Galatians 5, 6 tells us it works by love. And if faith is working by love, its manifestation is love. And faith obeys. Faith obeys. Faith is not words. Faith is action. Hallelujah. Faith obeys. 
Faith is not saying I'm obedient. Faith is experiencing obedience. The first time you placed faith in Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary, you immediately in that twinkle of an eye moment became obedient before God. You became obedient. Now whether you and I choose to walk in that obedience or not is up to us. He won't make us. He won't push us up against the wall and force us to. It is us. Romans 6 tells us that we have to yield ourselves to serve righteousness. And all God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Hallelujah. We serve God's righteousness by keeping our faith in that which made us a servant of righteousness, Romans 6. And therefore, if that's where our faith is, we will find the power of the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to yield ourselves unto obedience unto righteousness. So, love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. You you can't be walking in disobedience to God's Word and claim that, that the righteousness of the law, the righteousness of God's Word, is being carried out in your life. You are righteous if you were born again, but that doesn't mean you're on today on the path of righteousness. Amen. The Bible says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. But then Peter writes that if us, us men, righteous, born again, Christian men, if we don't treat our wives right, our prayers will be hindered. See, we can be righteous but not being led by the Spirit on the path of righteousness. We can be righteous. The Lord always takes me back to Galatians chapter 2 where Peter remained righteous before God when he jumped into the sinking boat of hypocrisy. Again, you can read about that in Galatians chapter 2. But he, he removed himself from the path of righteousness. And the only experience of this eternal life we have is in the path of righteousness. Praise God. Can you believe that time is already out on this half-hour broadcast? What a wonderful, wonderful lesson this has been for me. Not just to declare it, but to be, be challenged by this, especially in times like we're living in now. And I would say this at the end of this broadcast. It's right for us to be praying for the evil that's in this nation. But we better make sure that the four before is out of our eye. That plank is out of our eye before we start trying to deal with the wickedness of others. Because I'm afraid that there's too much of the spirit of lawlessness among believers. And when that's the case, we reach out through the spirit of hypocrisy. And I know the devil whispers to you and says, well, nobody's perfect. That's right, nobody's perfect, but we have the Word of God. And most of the time when the devil whispers that, we take that and run with it, and we just keep going like we've been going. But you need to know something, my friend. We don't live by factual statements. We live by faith. And that faith can only come from us hearing, hearing 
the word of Almighty God and choosing to go that way, to be led by the Spirit into more truth, all truth, and that can take place if your faith remains in Christ and His redemptive work at Calvary alone. And then we'll find ourselves being conformed into the image of Christ, which is the obedient image of Christ as an obedient child of God. And I'm thankful for these broadcasts. I'm thankful for you. <clears throat> I would ask you today to pray for us as we're praying for all of you. I would ask you today to share these broadcasts. If you're not ashamed of the gospel, if you're not ashamed of learning the truth in God's Word, many people that you know need to be hearing these teachings so that they can be convicted, so that they can find the way of the Lord. And then thirdly, I would ask that you pray about sowing into this ministry where you are being blessed, you are growing, you are learning the truth of God's Word. For it is the truth of God's Word that the Holy Spirit will lead you in. And you can sow into this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. Just write GIVE. In, in the place where you text a message and hit send, it'll ask you for your information one time only. And then from that point, you can just put an amount in there and send it. God bless you. We do love you. Not just with a breath of air, but we're here to share God's truth with you. And we're going to continue to do that until we're not here or He comes for all of us. And uh, just praise be to God. Uh, Again, don't forget to pray for us daily because when you're standing in this grace preaching what Paul preached, there's much opposition, very, very much opposition. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. But until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.